The following podcast may contain spoilers, strong language, graphic violence, and nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. Just, just, just kill it with fire. Just kill it with fire. Burn everything. Four guys and a movie. Four guys and a movie. Don't I pry and rob at your reviewing movies for the show. Four guys and a movie. Hey everybody, welcome to the 4AM podcast, the podcast where a bunch of folks watch a movie and then take two weeks to talk about it. I'm your host this week, Rob, joined by my friends, Ryan, Will, Big Mac. Guys, I know you've been through a lot, but if you could find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this podcast tied to this fucking couch. (laughs) And by that, he means Joe. But I, I just don't. I just don't want to be in here anymore. I mean, I'm not crazy. And if I was, I'm fine now. (laughs) For real? If you were to come to my house right now, that is what would be happening. Just see me (laughs) and a noose. And I'd be like, I I don't want to be here anymore. I also like at Tony's house, someone has the door to like open on his door to look in. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Tony's like, no, I feel a lot better. I want to go back (laughs) inside. Noose is made of nerds rope. Ah, <laughs> oh, hey guys, we watched The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, um, yeah. Uh, hey, Brian. Yeah. What's your history with this movie? So I've seen this movie, like, I think twice, but never the entire way through. Okay. Like, I've never seen the beginning of this movie until this wow. this past week. Like, when you say the beginning, do you mean, like, the very beginning? Like, the the predator part yeah with the whole dog and shit running around and you know like i was getting there like right after um dude has been shot and oh, like when shit's already gone down basically yeah like 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 the dog hasn't eaten anyone yet but like it's it's like you know it's coming you know what i mean like that's right mm-hmm. where i always catch it because i always caught it on tv i never caught it on on like anything else so mm. joe seen this so movie before i went to through Probably almost up to the mid 2010s, like not really knowing about this movie. Wow. Um, wow. I think it was when I was rooming with Matt because I remember the night where I watched a YouTube video and it was about like cool practical effects and it showed the scene with the um the, the chest opening and biting the guy's arms off. It's always that scene. And I was like, I don't know what movie that is, but I'm finding it right now and we're doing this. And wait, 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 what? How? No, oh, sorry, sorry, go do your this thing. This is well, Joe's history. Yeah, no, I know, yeah. I know. So I was like, I'm finding that movie right now, watching it right now, and I did that night, and um, I think I watched a shitty, like, version on YouTube broken up into, like, ten different clips with a guy talking over it, and I was like, I was like, oh my god, this movie's amazing, and then um, it, like, it really changed... Like it, I don't say it changed, but it it influenced very heavily. Like the the games I run, as like everything from that point involved um, some kind of like monster that you know can like change its flesh around and form like mouths and tentacles and shit. And um, I I was just like this this movie is my jam. That was like. I don't, I try not to pick favorites in a genre, but I saw it and I was like, bam, favorite horror movie right there. So yeah, that's my history. And Tony, you have questions? Uh, yeah, well, just to get into my history, I quickly, 
I, I might have seen this once or twice. No, I'm kidding. I, I love this movie. I've seen it so many fucking times. Uh, and that's why I'm shocked you got into the 2010s and somehow we were friends and I have not forced you to watch this or so, you haven't known about it through me in any means. I watch it every day. Well, remember. Watch it before I go to bed. Yeah, remember two things. One, that for most of like the 2000s, John pretty much exclusively controlled what movies we watched. Oh, and they were pretty yeah. terrible. Um, oh, and- right. Yeah, I didn't know that about They Live either, so I went through a good Damn. portion of my life just thinking that John Carpenter was a shitty director, because I only saw um, wow. vampires and, like, uh, <laughs> bits of Ghosts of Mars and bits of Escape from L.A. Oh, and yeah. I, um, yeah, I I knew about Big Trouble in Little China, but I was like, all right, well, we did one good one, and then... It's like if, you, if it's, huh. like, the only Spielberg movie you ever watched was The Terminal. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I- I'm just surprised because, like, not that I, you know, get anyone to be like, oh, yeah, you're wearing a Outpost 13 shirt. Like, I definitely know what that is. But I, I you know, I-, I know I reference this movie a ton because it is not only one of my favorite horror movies, perhaps, but maybe even one of my favorite movies altogether. Uh, so, yeah, like, I'm just shocked I hadn't. Oh, made all you guys hate me for talking about it by this point, let alone have you not know about it. Well, we'll see how the podcast goes. Will, what's your history with this movie? There yes, is still time. So I can't remember exactly when I watched this, but I know I rented it from the video store near my house that did like 99 cent one days or something like that. Um, was just had always heard about it and um, figured it was worth a watch. Kind of a curious rental situation. I think I was probably in uh, middle school and similar to, you know, the thoughts Tony and Joe said, just immediately loved it and, you know, rank it up there um, regardless of genre. Um, watched it a decent amount of times, not to the point where I like can quote it or anything like that, but um, yeah. Well, you know, I've seen it a few times. Yeah, I think I think for me this movie is it's one of those movies that like I think when I was like seven or eight years old I had a friend whose older brother would get all these movies and they'd be like, Hey, you wanna watch the thing? And I'd just be like, Yeah, let's do it and then I would have my mind <laughs> blown. Um <laughs> You're like, so- This isn't Monster Island? <laughs> no, it's not monster. It's the wrong it's kind of monster up. island. <laughs> so yeah, I, Rob <laughs> sees the alien, starts freaking out, and he's sitting in the corner, going like, <laughs> "Save me, save me, Midna." <laughs> Midna, take me into your strong, muscular arms. Um. No, but it's, you know, I don't think it's really that secretive if you listen to this podcast. And I'm not a big horror movie fan. They just don't appeal to me. Um, but this is one that I'll go back to pretty much like every Halloween. I'll, I'll watch this movie. Um, it's just super, super fun and super well put together. I kind of put it on par with, uh, it's a very different movie than Predator, but to me, it feels like a Predator-esque sort of movie. I, uh, um, sorry, go ahead. See that? No, no, no. You, you, I, it's one of those movies, and I, I've described different books and shows this way before, where it's like, every time you watch it, it's like sitting in a comfy armchair, or like, yeah, 
some sort of like hot, you know, like a hot bath, something just like you just settle in and it just like you're like, yeah, this is this is this is good. All right. So there's our review. Yep. Uh, See you guys next week. (laughs) Tony, two weeks in the making. That was well worth it. Yeah. You got a little history for this film? I do. Okay, so, yeah, we breezed over a bunch of this stuff already, but uh, this is obviously The Thing from 1982. Great year. Uh, directed by John Carpenter, doing The Fog, Halloween, Big Trouble in China. Yeah, yeah, you get the idea. Uh, so, the movie originally is based on a short story called Who Goes There from 1980... Uh, sorry, 1936. By R.L. Uh, sorry, 1938. Jesus. 1938. Uh... No, by uh, a uh, editor, John W. Campbell Jr. in Astonishing Science Fiction Magazine, or article, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Reader's Digest. It then got uh, loosely translated in 1951 to The Thing from Another World, uh, which obviously John Carpenter was a fan of, as he put it in the movie Halloween. Uh, That movie was quite different about i believe a plant-based monster that just kind of sucks and dies but anyway uh they wanted to remake the original story originally they wanted tony hooper toby hooper sorry i can't talk today uh who directed um texas chainsaw massacre but they had a bit of a difference of opinions so he went you know separate ways and they decided to get john carpenter um Ennio Morcone, I'm probably saying that wrong, but whatever, uh, scored this movie. Most people think it's John Carpenter because it's very John Carpenter-like, but uh, it was actually this other gentleman. And at the time, the score for this movie, believe it or not, was nominated for a Razzie. Oh, which, what? Yeah. Screw them. That guy's but, like super famous, too. He well, did a lot of the spaghetti the bad westerns. The ugly. Yeah, yep. So, so if you listen to this score with no see. movie... It literally is just bum bum. Well, yes, bum, it bum. is that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's bum, also because that's but it mimicking totally works a in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's mimicking yeah. a heartbeat, which is gets you tense. Yeah, uh, but it, here's the other funny thing about that is parts of the score that were unused for this movie later got grabbed up by uh, Quentin Tarantino, who put them in Hateful Eight, where it won an Oscar. Uh, so never seen that. Eh. Well, but, like, I mean, regardless of what you think of the movie, the point, I don't just mean the movie won an Oscar. I mean, it won for best score. Right. So people yeah. are stupid. Well, th- this movie was quite a bit ahead of its time and just did not do well when it came out. Oh, yeah. Know, just because it was people hadn't seen anything like it. We'll get into more of that in a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as far as actors go, uh, the screenwriter originally wanted Harrison Ford or Clint Eastwood. Uh, then they started looking around and they were looking at the likes of Jeff Bridges or Nick Nolte or an Australian gentleman named Jack Thompson, who I don't really know. That's not a thing. This is a thing. No. <laughs> uh, the part for Childs almost went to Isaac Hayes, Carl Weathers, or Ernie Hudson. Mm. Uh, oh. Other people that were oh, cons. <laughs> <laughs> like, I no, can see Ernie Hudson, up- but, like, Carl Weathers doesn't have that kind of well, stoic, like... Yeah, yeah no. Uh, other people that were considered for roles, I'm not sure exactly which ones, were Ed Harris, uh, Tom Berenger, uh, Sam Shepard, uh, Tom Adkins, who we just had uh, previously in Night of the Creeps, mm-hmm. and Fred Ward, our good pal from Tremors. <laughs> cool. Nice. I can uh, see him as uh, as Palmer. 
The pothead? I, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> How about Burt Ward? <laughs> I, I, I heard Burt Ward. Burt and Ernie. <laughs> um, people often comment how there are no ladies in this movie, which is true, but originally there was going to be one, but the actress became pregnant before filming, so she had to drop out, and she had to be recast. I, I don't um, know too many ladies that want to spend an entire winter isolated with 12 dudes in Antarctica. There is that, too. Um, one lady does make it into the movie, of course, though. Uh, John Carpenter's at time at that time wife, Adrian Barbeau, mm. who voiced the computer, the chess mm-hmm. uh, wizard. A, a bust all hands? Yeah, yes. Adrian Barbobot. <laughs> yes. She she was Adrian Barbeau, and she was a robot at that point, so yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this film was, uh, its budget was substantially larger than most horror films at the time. Um, uh, we'll get into how much later on, but, uh, the effects were done by Rob Botten, who was only 22 at the time and set a new standard for special effects, which just makes me cry a little because he has done way more with his life than I have. But, um, the title sequence was done by getting an animated cell, uh, that says the thing, putting it in a tank of smoke, uh, smoke-filled fish tank, covering it with a uh, plastic garbage bag, and then setting that bag on fire with lights behind it. Right. So, wow. that's kind of awesome, <laughs> and it shows that th- that was really cool. But um, Amazing the things you could accomplish by burning a trash bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, despite the fact that this is all supposed to be taking place in Antarctica, it was filmed in Los Angeles, so they oh, had wow. refrigerated sets. So while it was like over 100 degrees outside, it was 40 degrees inside while they were working on it. Oh, that sounds so nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. So so you can see their breath, unlike fucking Cliffhanger. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm uh, pretty sure most of the people in Cliffhanger were already dead inside, so you're not seeing any <laughs> breath anyway. To be fair, I think at this point you can see Stallone's breath at all times. Um, <laughs> the dog in the hallway scene, when you see the shadow of a man, they wanted to make sure you didn't know which one it was, so that is not one of the actors at all. Wow. Wow, okay. So, oh, cool. Yeah. People there, can speculate all they want, but... There's quite a debate as to who that is on the internet. Yeah, I, I mean, we can get into who we think it is later. I, I certainly have a suggestion, but... Um, during the autopsy scene, they used real animal entrails. And, oh, yeah. ironically enough, the only person not disgusted by this was Wilford Brimley. Yeah, oh, he, he, just, probably, he just dug right in there. He, yeah, he, he probably there. started eating some. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably, this is from uh, craft services, right? Cut, cut open quite a few living things. It's like, we didn't really want Blair to do the autopsy, but um, since Wilford's just digging around in there, let's just say Blair Blair did it. Yeah. Mars, we have a big bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> uh, there was also a lot of trouble trying to make this movie. Uh, a lot of action scenes that almost hurt people. Uh, apparently on a bus ride to one of the locations, they almost had their bus go off the mountainside because it was wait, too snowy wait, out. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 Yes. Blair was Wolford Brimley? Yeah. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize that the entire time. Really? Because wow. <laughs> he shaved his mustache. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not familiar. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Holy <laughs> 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 shit. <laughs> Oh my God, Brian! <laughs> Yo, I never, I, I never knew, I never knew. <laughs> it's amazing just how much difference a mustache can make. So Wilford Brimley joint. Yeah, but I mean, there is that, but there's also the thing of you know, since he was twenty, he looked like he was in his seventies. Like, yeah. you... <laughs> and anyway, um, 
Other problems they had was uh, during the autopsy scene, they covered every. They wanted to make things look gross, so they covered it with that goo. Um, uh, you know, and eventually Kurt Russell had to come at them with a flamethrower. Apparently, that goo was flammable and set the set on fire. Holy shit! Yeah, uh, as if that wasn't enough. In a later scene, when uh, some dynamite was thrown. That was real dynamite, and Kurt Russell did not quite get far enough away from it. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so, almost got horribly injured there. Oh, shit. Uh, but they also, they had a the, some different changes to the ending, including, uh, first off, there was a lot of stop motion used for the end monster, but John Carpenter was like, that. it just doesn't quite look right, so we can't have it. So that's why it doesn't get to do much, unfortunately. Doesn't have uh, to, though. No. Um... Other issues with the ending were we had one originally written where the guys would escape, like the, someone would come to rescue them, and the question would be more, you know, again, is one of them the thing that got out? Um, and then also because some people didn't like the darker ending to this movie, there was talks of redoing it with a happier ending where Mac gets back and uh, tests his blood and realizes he's not the thing and everything's hunky-dory. He and the thing get married. Which, yeah, that would have been the worst fucking thing ever. And actually, now that you say that, Rob, I'm, I'm imagining him and Childs in that little house from Little Shop of Horrors at the end, and you just see the little <laughs> thing growing out of the garden. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so also, as uh, alluded to before, when this movie first came out... It was critically panned. Uh, well, not just critics, but uh, audiences as well. Everyone panned it. They hated this movie. Uh, it is blamed a lot for why John Carpenter didn't get to do more, because apparently he had a multi-studio or a multi-film deal with the studio who canceled it after this failure. Mm. Uh, and Roger Ebert personally said this movie was horrible and should not watch it without a barf bag. He fucking sucks. <laughs> eh, yeah, he, he's right so sometimes. Yeah, so Eber, like, his, a lot of his reviews just don't hold up, like, how, or, like, I don't agree with them, basically, the more I learn about how he felt about stuff. Well, it's also initial opinions, I think, yeah. if he realized more, like, took a step back, digested it a little more, mm -hmm. and thought about what this movie was trying to do, it would have been acceptable, plus it helps that nowadays, like, no one is, there isn't that shock value of all this grossness and gore, because yeah. that's pretty modern- but uh, back then, everyone thought it was just going for shock value, and like that's not the point of the movie. Yeah, I wonder how much of this movie's panning like had to do with the fact that it was the summer of '82. Uh, yeah, there is that too. Because I mean, like you had um, Wrath of Khan and uh, Blade Runner, and there's there's like so many good movies that come out in the summer of '82. It's it's like the most prodigious film well, season. Yeah, a lot of people. Well, a lot of people also blame this on, uh, because of that same kind of thing, this was just a short while after E.T., so they felt a lot of people yep. were like, yay, cute alien movie, and this is not it. Mm. <laughs> that wasn't it either. E.T.'s ugly as hell. But, um, <clears throat> I'd say get all the, get all the, um, you know, the movie critics that are still alive, obviously, together, have them watch this movie again, and then make them watch the remake that came out a couple of years ago. Uh. And be like, hey, so how do you feel about the 1982 thing? It's not a remake, it's a prequel. Yes. Gross. It's even worse. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, we'll save that for another time. Do you yeah. want to guess at the budget this movie had to make? Uh, I'm going to guess. Uh, I'm going to guess $20 million. And um, 
diabetes insurance for Wilford Brimley. <laughs> I'm going to say $18 million, and I'm going to counter Brian's uh, other offer by saying diabetes insurance. Oh, okay. For Wilford Brimley. I'm going to say $15 million and um, some Kurt Russell beard oil. I believe it's... Um, it's either 15 million or 12 and a half. So we'll guess 15. So I'll say 12 and a half and a chess wizard. <laughs> yeah, that was one ruined chess wizard. Uh, yeah, I do believe it was 15 million. That is nice. what I found. Uh, so we'll get that. Also, I love the idea of like negotiations and Wilford Brimley's like, I'll do it for this much. And I want to be the spokesperson for diabetes. And you owe me a mustache. Diabetes. <laughs> and, and then um, he just shoved his hand through the, the person's face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Want to guess how much this movie made? Oh, um, twenty million dollars. I'm gonna say twenty-six million. I'll say eighteen million. Um, a dollar? Because oh. I know it's low. Yeah, close. Joe snaked or uh, Will snaked it away from Brian. It's mm. nineteen million. Oh. Okay. Well, you know, you you know. Well, well yeah. Again, just to uh, compare. The budget for this fifteen million. The budget for Halloween was three hundred thousand, and uh, uh, for uh, Friday the Thirteenth was like seven hundred thousand. So horror mm. movies at the time usually did not get this. Wow. Okay, that's unfortunate. Let's just jump right in, Joe. Who's who's in this movie? All right. So you got Kurt Russell as like one of the best, like you know, main characters in a horror movie. You know, as uh, McCready, uh, Keith David, sidekicking it up as Childs. Um, you got uh, Wilford Brimley as Doctor Blair, and that's really all you you need to know about. Um, like, there's there's a bunch more, of guys you'll recognize. Those are, yeah, those are the three main players, and the uh, dog was played by Jed. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna that that is one of the best dog actors that has ever been. Mm-hmm. He deserves recognition. Actually, no. that dog could emote fairly well. Oh, fuck yeah! That scene where they come back with the from the first helicopter ride, and they're bringing in one of the corpses, and the dog's looking out the window, and you can see on his face, he's like, motherfucker. fucker. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, right. uh, yeah. Anybody else here uh, shipping McCready and Ripley? Just me? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I can see it. Writing some slash shit. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I can see it. Oh, yeah. The oh. the baby of that union would be unstoppable. Oh, yeah. It would oh, be just be Thanos, actually. That that baby should just be allowed to rule the country, like, as an absolute monarch. Because it would be a decision-making machine. I'd agree. I'd agree to that. Mm-hmm. Here's another idea, though. Considering the giant uh, time difference, maybe mm-hmm. Ripley's a relative? Could be. Send it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah we okay. could go with that. Maybe the feels great- like Definitely feels like it's in the same universe. So, so McCready already had uh, reproduced. He um, He's just in Antarctica to avoid his alimony checks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that the, pregnant the girl company, I talked about. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian? The company they work for is, is Whalen, uh, Whalen whatever. Whalen Utah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, wait. 
twirling my mustache now. Yeah, but this ruined it for me now, because that means we have to accept that first Alien vs. Predator, because that would tie it in with the whole Antarctic thing. Yeah, I don't I want to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with the first Alien vs. Predator. It's not great, but... Yeah, it's okay, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever saw it. But we're uh, we're getting off subject already. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of So we're in the snow. There's a dog. There's a helicopter. Chaos It's a running. Sarah Palin's hunting a wolf. And this movie, (laughs) this movie starts like at zero on the dial. Like that, those opening credits, it's just, it's just boom, 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 boom. And like some, some words going by. And then, yeah, you get that. Yeah, Sarah Palin chasing down this wolf on her freaking helicopter. Um, was it me or like, were they the worst shots ever? Oh, no, they definitely wasn't you. Yeah. They, they were Fail Force Five. <laughs> well, and it's funny because it's it's like okay, just you don't even have to land a helicopter. Just keep it steady for a second and let the guy with the scope right. take his shots. Well, you can tell um, they're butterfingers from what happens with the grenade. Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean they've been through an ordeal as the 2011 prequel showed us, but uh, like they, um, you know, maybe they're just really tired and really Wait. fucked up from their friends getting killed. There's a prequel to this? There is yeah. a prequel yeah. to this. We'll, we'll discuss that. it later. Yeah. But it, it does end with two of the survivors from the Norway base getting in a helicopter to chase this dog. Well, is yeah. That, is that, that whole... Joe, is that going to be your pick? You're going to choose the 2011 thing? Oh, uh, no, you know what my pick's going to be. I, I, I would... would not pick the 2011 movie ever. I will tell you right now, the the whole the 2011 one, the whole prequel is that other base they go to. Yep. So, so we'll start with that. We, we'll we'll get into it later. But yeah, yeah. All right. So while later. this is happening, we cut to a a scene of this is supposed to be Outpost 31, but 13. I never I never see it labeled that. It just says Science Station Four on the one right. sign. That's but what I yeah, saw too. Everyone always goes by. Huh? outpost 13 like that so there's like the the wiki for um for the thing is labeled outpost 13.com yeah but anyway um you see cut to will i tried to go to the thing wiki and it was something completely different (laughs) (laughs) i don't even want to know (laughs) um he stayed on it for a long time will you need to wipe your computer later (laughs) (laughs) both 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 the hard drive and just disinfect it Yes, yeah, burn it. Yeah. It's Ben Grimm. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's what I'm talking about, Brian. It's Michael yeah. Chiklis. Getting oh. getting his rocks off. Um, so we cut to Wilford Brimley in the rec room, just fucking owning a ping pong table, just in a vicious round of ping pong with Doc Copper, and then um, cuts to Kurt Russell getting his ass handed to him by a. Uh, you know, 1970s era computer chess wizard. He's a sore uh, loser. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is my only problem with him, is he is such a dick, because, like, that's their o- one of their few things of entertainment here, and he just pours whiskey in it. Or gin like beam. Too. Cheating bitch, and he kills it. Yeah, not like, hey, I should bring this to the rec room to see if anyone else could enjoy it. No, just, fuck it, the one computer I have in my shack is dead. He's just got a closet full of them, though. He just takes another one out and puts mm. it down. I'm not even sure that was his. I think that was just, like, a communal room with the chess wizard. Well, he was in his shack. It was his shack? I, I, okay. I think so. Um, Maybe that's the whole experiment, because... It's a John Carpenter movie, so you don't get any details that you don't immediately need. <laughs> so yeah. maybe the whole research they were doing there was just like, how long could you spend in isolation with a chess wizard? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So friggin' uh, the helicopter circles the camp. They throw a grenade out the window at this dog. Fuck that up. Helicopter lands. And you, you see the whole time that this guy with the rifle is wearing these goggles that just have this little tiny slit in them to see from. <laughs> Maybe that's why he can't fucking shoot. Maybe that's uh, the idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are super helpful when it comes to, to preventing slow, uh, snow blind, but you probably want to take them off when you're using a rifle. Um, so fucking Butterfingers, the pilot here, reaches to get a hand grenade. Just No, I'm sorry, not the pilot. The uh, This is the gunner. Fucking just throws it behind him. Like, whoa! <laughs> And it's in the snow, and he runs away, but the pilot's like, oh, I gotta get that grenade. Gets his ass blown up. Sure does. Yeah. Um, I'll point out, this fucker, now the dog runs up <laughs> to, like, the group of people that, that, that are all there, and it's, like, playful and shit, you know, whatever. And, like, the dude is still shooting at the fucking dog. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, a, it's a, there's, like, seven people just sitting out there, and, uh, uh Brian, <laughs> like, he, he, saw no what, he saw what this thing could do. He knows that it's gotta die at all costs. No, yeah. but he could, like, now granted, the, the, the language barrier is, is a real thing in this because he don't speak English. Well, he probably does because most of Europe has learned English because of England. But anyway, but like a simple, like, you know, some sort of caution or warning shout, like, like, the, well, like the, you know, get away. You know, that's one of the parts I love because he doesn't speak English. And if you spoke Norwegian, he actually is saying, get away from that thing. It's not a dog. It's a monster. It's going to kill us all. That's what Damn he's doing. I knew that I should have taken Norwegian. Yeah. Well, so, I, yeah, I, I don't speak Norwegian, but I, you know, I, I know this movie well enough to know. You couldn't even so, shout, it's coming right for us. It's got the Black Plague. Kill it. So, so fucking, um, like, the a funny little continuity error here is, um, you see when he starts shooting and, um, Bennings gets grazed in the leg, um, uh, Keith David's character, uh, Childs, dives into a snowdrift. Uh, but they had done multiple takes, so there's already a Keith David-sized hole for him to jump into. Yeah. <laughs> that they never covered up. So, um, he, uh, this guy's just like, he shoots around at this dog, still can't hit the damn thing. And he's just like, alright, I'm gonna go get that dog. And fucking, um, Gary, the, the station commander, pulls off a sick headshot from the window with his revolver. Yeah. Um, just, just immediately right cracks this dude. Yep. Um, so then, you know, we cut to, uh, creepy ass Clark, the, uh, the dog warden. And, um, yeah, he sees the, he sees the husky and he's like, I love this dog. It's my dog. Um, it's a dog lover. this is a movie where oh, yeah, he is. the good guys don't really make too many mistakes, but like keeping this dog and just letting it walk around the base for the rest of the afternoon. It's like, I mean, I know the movie's got to happen, but. You would think, based on how the Norwegian was ask, was acting towards the dog, they would be like, yeah, maybe we should, like, put it in a room by itself for a little while or something. Yeah. What's funny is, like, what, uh, I forgot which character it is, later on in the movie, is like, why the fuck did you not put the dog with the rest of them when it got here? Like, <laughs> Yeah, a Blair's like that. Yeah. Um, all right, but so, to be fair, they, they think he's just gone mad from being, you know, isolated for too long. Mm-hmm. They think these guys so are yeah, just crazy. Well, they're discussing they're discussing theories while um Doc Copper uh, so they have that... beaver fever. <laughs> so, yeah, they're kicking around theories while Doc Copper is sewing up Benning's leg. And like I like Knowles, he just roller skates in and he's the station's cook and he's just like, Maybe we're at war with Norway. <laughs> I mean 
It was 1982. Maybe. Reagan was president. You know, anything's possible. <laughs> Get me another Star Wars. Uh, so, friggin', um, yeah, they, uh, like, they're like, Doc Hopper's like, I gotta go over to that station. You know, if they're acting like that, we gotta see if everyone's okay over at the, the Norwegian base. So, uh, Palmer, who I guess is another pilot, um, he's like the station's pothead. Um, which is what like, you want in a pilot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that he's like, I'll fly you over there, and everyone's like, nope. And he's like, oh, well, <laughs> thanks for thinking about me. <laughs> Let's get high, you know, in every, yeah. in every, every form of the word. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I yeah, got it. Mac and um, uh, Doc Copper here fly over to the Norwegian base. And um, while that's happening, uh, Nalls decides to blast uh, Stevie Wonder's superstitious and skate about on his roller skates while the dog walks around the base. And this is like, this movie has a lot of transitions between scenes where you have the cameraman just walking around like it's clearly a person walking around the base or the dog. Um, and they're, they're quite creepy because like it is, they do, it's neat how they pan around and like come up on people and stuff. It builds the suspense. And in this scene, yeah, you do see it is the dog and it walks into a room where there's a silhouette that looks like nobody on the base, uh, as Tony said, intentionally, so we don't know who the dog infects right now. But it's it's probably either Norris or Palmer at this point. Um, I think most people on the internet go with it's Palmer, like he's the first one infected. But it yeah, could be either story still works. I'm, I'm leaning towards Palmer myself. Is he the dog guy? Nope. Palmer's uh, um, the pilot. The pilot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the dog guy because he was, you know, he was banging that dog. No, the, but but he was so useless that the um the thing didn't even bother to infect him. Nah, he just thought it felt good. Yeah, he's like, I mean, I'll accept this. But <laughs> I don't think you're getting infected. He's like, now it's uh, my turn. Yeah. So over at the Norwegian base, everything's fucked. The base looks like it's um you know it's like a Fallout Four structure like. Things are on fire. The roof's collapsed. Um, there's dead people everywhere. It, um, what I got to say, what the 2011 prequel did, right, is they studied this scene and, like, built their set to the, to the details of the base in this scene. Um, and, like, they took, they took measurements as best they can just from, like, the screenshots. And, like, everything, like, how that axe ends up in the door and how, like, the guy with the slit wrists, like, you know, they show that happen, show how, the, like, the thing that's, like, two people merged together happens. Like, it goes through, like, they took a great attention to detail to make it feel continuous with this movie. But then why then, did they name it The Thing? Um, Studio Interference fucked that movie over. Yeah, there was that... Yeah, it, was, like, it was not marketed as a prequel. I remember seeing the trailers and everything, and it looked like a either a sequel or a remake. And yeah. then I rented it, and I was like, oh, this is a prequel, which is rare at it's, the time. Yeah, it's that thing we see a lot now where there's those, like, soft reboots where we just kind of rename it the same thing. The same mm-hmm. way if we get another Gremlins, it's going to probably be called Gremlins. Yep. Whether or not it will be a continuation, I don't know, but... It'll be um, about the dad getting stuck in the chimney. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... I'm down yeah, it's for just, it. It's just all Phoebe Kate's um, holiday-related horror stories. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the thing prequel, they go through all this this great detail to, like, be true to the base and to use all the practical effects, and they make all these cool puppets, 
and studios like fuck it CGI over all of them. Yeah, and it's the worst CGI. Uh, and it, it fucks. Wait, the wait, wait, wait. So they actually made all the all the practical effects and used yeah. them, and then afterwards and, they were like, yeah, oh yep. the, wow. The studio was like, no, that looks stupid. CGI it, and the CGI is awful. Yeah, That's, it hurts the movie a lot. That doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Yeah. You would think like. You would think the studio would just be like, well, it's already made. That money's spent? Okay. You would think. One would think, no, yeah. They were like, you know, modern audiences won't accept this, so let's fuck it up. Modern audiences won't accept another The Thing movie. And wow. they didn't, as far yeah. as I can tell. They did not do well. Um, Alright, so, they find all kinds of scary stuff at this base. They find, like, a guy cut his own throat and his wrists. I wonder in what order he did that, like... I'm not a suicide um, expert, but I don't think he makes it the through thing. all three things. What's that? <laughs> dude, dude looks like nearly head in this nick. Like, his yeah. head is almost off. Yeah. I don't know what. Somebody else must have come by and <laughs> finished that part off. No, it, it, it was probably wrist first. And then yeah. he went for his throat. It was so adrenaline amped up because his wrist hurt so fucking. Because he didn't, like, ice it down nothing first. Like, it was just straight up, like, ah! And this fucking hacksawed himself. <laughs> 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 He could have been careful enough to not cut his tendons so he could actually still hold the razor. I don't know. Either I've way, play, I've been playing The Last of Us too, and it looks like uh, like that's what you do to the the fucking zombies and that like <laughs> get sneak up behind them and just fucking cut their throats. So that's what it reminded me of. Um. So yeah, they uh they see that guy. They they find um a frozen like sarcophagus looking thing. They I believe it's referred to as the bathtub. Um, that it's just a big old chunk of ice that looks like something has been bored out of it. And then they go outside and they find this lovely, like, you don't get to fully see it at this point, but a really exquisitely weird corpse. Yeah. Um, and then they start heading back to base. Uh, you find out also around this time that their radio sucks. Um, they've got this huge ass, like, radio room with all this equipment, and it hasn't worked properly in two weeks, and they're, um, ironically enough, their radio operator is named Windows, and he's like, <laughs> it does, it doesn't work right, like, no one over in Antarctica has talked to anyone else in the last two weeks, um, so he's still trying to get a hold of anybody to, you know, let them know that they just killed some Norwegians. <laughs> Uh, weirdly enough, it it just hasn't worked right since I became Windows 10. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, <laughs> now, um, well, it's found sarcophagus, they've, yeah, they've found the burned remains. Alright, so now it cuts to the view from the dog as the helicopter lands back at base, and it's standing on something looking out the window, and it is like, fuck, they found where I came from. Jake <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>, is up! <laughs> They're on to me! kids in the adult books. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Wilford Brimley just starts tearing into this thing. Uh, the, you know, aut- autopsying this uh, corpse. And now you see that it is two people fused together, like, kind of. And it's just real gross. You look at that and you're just like... Ugh. It's a boggling orgy. Yep. It's really... Until <laughs> I can describe it. Yeah, in, in the prequel, it, it that is a cool scene where there's like a guy who his arms and legs kind of turn around. So he's walking like a crab, but his chest is facing up and he walks over to this other dude who he knocked down and he just like plops down on him and then like stands back up and he's got that dude attached to him and like starts scuttling somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, Wolf and Brimley goes to work on this thing. 
Um, meanwhile, we get the crucial scene of Palmer and Childs watching TV, and then um, Palmer just lights up a fat blunt. Um, now, finally, uh, Clark... No, Clark doesn't even decide to put the dog in the kennel. He's told to by Bennings because the dog wa- uh, rubbed up against his uh, gunshot wound from earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie just just takes it to a different gear now. Like, <laughs> Clark leaves, and dog's like, all right, you guys want to see a cool trick? Who <laughs> wants to drink from the fire hose? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a question. Yep. Because... Uh, you, I, I've seen it a couple times, whatever, you know, I enjoy it every time I see it, but, like, I never understand or understood what makes the thing choose to, like, go full horror grotesqueness versus, like, just absorbing someone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it seems, it does it, like, I get it does it when it's, like, scared, because it when it almost just gets caught out, it does its thing, but, like, it doesn't do that every time it takes someone over. Because it it, if well, it did, it'd be this big-ass mess every time, but it never is. So, um, it's an issue of time, and... In this particular case, I imagine that this thing thinks that it's caught. Um, and so it's like, and it's, it's now locked in a room. So it's trying to do a bunch of different things at once here because it's trying to infect yeah. the other dogs. It's also growing like another, like, copy of itself or something that's trying to put in the ceiling. Um, and it's, it's like, I don't have a lot of time. I just got to do, like, I got to do all this right now. But if it, like, if it wasn't pressured, like what it did to Bennings, um, it, like, took its time enveloping him, but it got caught in the middle of doing it. Um, but it didn't really leave much of a mess in the storeroom. Um, and, like, when it had all the time to absorb Palmer or Norris, like, it didn't leave a mess anywhere either, other than it threw their clothes in the um, the trash can in the kitchen. I so, thought they wanted it had some bad dates or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think there is also something to the the fact that it's not just absorbing one person; it's trying to absorb like like five different dogs or something. Because yeah, it's like the dogs are freaking out. I gotta get them down as quick as I can. It shoots, yeah, all those little tendrils always freak me out. Yep. Oh yeah, um, this this scene is spectacular. Like its face just opens up, and the little dog skull is in the middle and for a moment, and then that just drops away. On this last rewatch, I was eating uh, the food I ordered, and, you know, up until that scene was totally fine, and then once that started to happen, I just kind of had to set things down for a minute. Well, and... Once the nerd ropes uh, grew out of its back and started flailing yeah. about. Yeah, and I was like, these wings are good, but I'm going to get back up. I was going to have SpaghettiOs, but I can't anymore. <laughs> like, I, cause it, it, I haven't seen this since, like, I was a teenager, uh, which yeah. is a long time ago. But, like, I didn't remember all the monster scenes except for where he, his his arms get bitten off or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, seeing it was, like, seeing it again for the first time. But, like, immediately afterwards, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, it, it, it came to me all of a sudden every time I saw it happen again. Like, oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. That's right. It just, I can't believe I actually forgot how those scenes went down. Until yeah. seeing this now, and I didn't notice um, up until the the first of my two watchings of it for this podcast that like the close detail of the eyes growing out of like when it's just a fleshy lump, like yeah. there's there's like a bunch of little eyes looking around. There's all kinds of crap going on on this puppet. Like I'd love to see what the internal workings of that thing look like. Um, yeah, there's but, one. It took me a while to figure out, but um, jumping ahead just a little, but when Childs is about to attack this thing. It has this little, like, flower pod that opens up with all these, like, teeth on it. Yeah, got, like, an Audrey 2 in there. Yeah, but the thing is, the little, like, petals that come out with these teeth on them, 
they're all dog tongues. That's <laughs> it's that's gross. beautiful in a terrible way. Yeah. yeah. I fucking love this. So, um now Clark goes back cuz all the dogs are making a ton of noise and um like two of the dogs escape and Clark closes the door. But then he does he just kind of fucking sits there like did that just happen? And McCrady who who's off somewhere else hears the dogs like and the weird noise and he's like I could tell just from hearing that that that's unacceptable. Sound yeah. the alarm, and um, yeah, and incorrect that, sound. <laughs> that I mean, is, I, I'll give him some credit because, like, I don't know what the fuck I would do. Yeah, if I, because, like, sometimes, because I, I, I freak myself out at night. Sometimes I'm, I'm walking past places in my house, and like, what if a monster showed up right there? What would you do? And like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. Yeah, and honestly, if the monster shut up at that point and stopped making noise. I think I might just be like, I didn't just see that. Right. Like, and like, well, like you know, it, it, it would take me a little while to work up the courage to go shine a flashlight in there or something. I think there's also the element of since he is the, uh, you know, he's the dog trainer and everything. He yep. does love these dogs and they just all got murdered in front of him. So he's kind of like, holy shit. Yeah, those yeah. are his, those are his sister wives. Like he's he's in shock right now. Yeah. <laughs> so Mac, however, immediately assesses situation, and he's like, "Get Keith David and the flamethrower stack." Yeah. <laughs> Correct call. We only need one of those two things, but yeah. both will be better. Yes. Which, to be fair, I think, uh, like Brian was saying, walking through my house and a monster showed up. That would be my response as well. I need Keith David and a flamethrower. <laughs> so and one thing I like with this movie that this scene shows is it's not like a slasher where the heroes are basically powerless against the villain. Like, if the villain reveals itself, they have flamethrowers. They have means of killing it. And um, so, th- like, it it's in its best interest to stay hidden. So um, it, like, adds way more to the suspense than just the standard, like, oh, all right, well, Jason showed up while this guy's here. I guess that guy's dead. You know, he's not the final girl, so he's dead. Um, so first McCrady and, and Gary try to shoot this thing, um, and then it's not doing anything, so McCrady shoots all the dogs because he's like, they're fucked. They're already wrapped in nerds rope <laughs> and sprayed yeah. in goop. Um, and then Childs comes in, and Max just like, torch that fucker. Childs has to think about it for a second, and then he lights it on fire. And that must have smelled... I will also say here, I generally don't like any movie or any time you see someone shooting a dog. Yep. But this is one time where I totally get it, because when Mac shoots these dogs, I'm like, yeah, you're you're doing what's best for them. Mm -hmm. They're not really even dogs at that point. Yeah. They've already been infected. So, um... Uh, I was listening to the Night of the Creeps episode. Remember how I was saying in that one, like how that flamethrower was a very poor portrayal of a flamethrower? Like yeah. this movie, like this is what happens when you fire a flamethrower. Like everything in front of you is now on fire. Um, so now uh, Blair does an autopsy on this thing and just finds a kind of regular looking dog growing around in there amongst a whole bunch of awful looking dogs in there. And Blair's like, this thing can imitate other life. And uh, if it had enough time, it would imitate that dog per- um, perfectly. That was a so, really weird, like, commercial break. <laughs> Did anybody else notice that? Like, the screen suddenly, like, goes black, like, mm. closes in on his face and, like, goes black. And it's the only break in the whole movie like that. It's just weird and out of place. 
Oh, yeah, I, I, I was yeah. watching this with uh, Becca, and I was like, I wish I had that power to, if someone asked me a tough question, to just make the screen wipe away and, like, you're at a different <laughs> scene. <laughs> now, now, spoiler alert, like, uh-huh. Blair's, uh, at the end of the movie, Blair's are one of the things. But, like, do you think this is where he got infected? And it I don't slowly took so. him over the whole movie? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think he's infected till he goes in the shed. Yeah. Oh, so he think I think something shed. comes in the shed and infects him. Okay. We'll get into why later. Right. Yeah. Mm. So, um, now, uh, Clark is in the kennel with, um, with Blair. And Blair's like, you let the dog wander around all day? And Blair's like, how long were you alone with the dog? And Clark's like, I don't know, like an hour? And Blair looks at him like, I'm going to have to shoot you with a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good die. call. Yeah. <laughs> good call. Have to die. Yeah. Because and- <laughs> either you're infected or you're an idiot. Either yeah. way. Like, he seems pretty unhinged to begin with, Clark. Yep. He's got he's got, he's got a knife in his hand this entire film. Like, Well, this is this is a man who, uh, you know, spends more time with dogs than people by, right. like, a wide ratio. Yeah. In the Antarctic. <laughs> in the Antarctic. Um, so, now, while Blair's, you know, futzing around more with this alien, um, you know, Andy's starting to realize that, like, this thing might be infecting people. Um, everybody else is watching the video that the Norwegians um, took when they found this big old UFO in the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they, um, like, so Mac, Norris, and Gary are, like, we gotta go see where they, you know, where they were digging around. It's a fucking UFO. Like, we better check that out. Jonathan Frakes was in the video. <laughs> he was riding a bicycle. Were you watching the Norwegian video? That was all fake. We made that up. Yeah. Friggin' complete. Like, the ancient alien guy is looking in the window and he's like, no, I'm not saying it was aliens. <laughs> but it's aliens. Um, so. Yeah, they go to the crater. I don't know how Norris repels his fat ass down there, but he did. Um, and he, uh, that's probably why he has heart trouble later. <laughs> but, um, why? It's like 10,000 year old ice, or I'm sorry, 100,000 year old ice that this UFO was, uh, was buried in. So it's been here for a long time. And they find the spot where, um, the thing froze and the Norwegians, like, uh, dug it out. And it's, you know, the same size as that. Um, ice sarcophagus they found earlier Hmm. and while that's going on blair fires up a kind of 90s computer sequence in an 80s computer no you're good you're here okay so blair's running this computer uh sequence (laughs) and this computer just knows everything it's like (laughs) it's got this graphic of a cell eating another cell it's like 75% chance that the, you know, someone on the base is infected. Uh, if they get out and get back to civilization, you know, it's like 27,000 hours till the entirety of humanity is absorbed. He fired up BearShare and downloaded Spore for Linux. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it was only 1982, so they didn't really see how we responded to COVID. But I think 27,000 hours is... <laughs> A really pessimistic, like, amount of time for how long it'd take this thing to spread through the whole world. Um, Where you damn mass? It's real. It's a fake. Yeah. It's fake especially thing. when it can impersonate like politicians and shit. Oh. Like, so, 
Um, Jacob, they're they're now they're talking in the rec room, um, and they're looking at part like some alien metal that they took from the site, and um, someone. Like, Nalls comes in, he's like, who the fuck threw their blasted-out drawers in my uh, kitchen trash can? And, like, yeah, it's this pair of, like, shredded-up long johns, which means someone's an imitation and had to get rid of the, the person they ate's clothes. I mean, either that or somebody just had a blowout. <laughs> That's probably what it was. It was a Taco Bell emergency. <laughs> if that's true, then I'm with him. Don't do that shit in the kitchen. Yeah, so it turns out... Uh, Turns out Pizza Hut supplied all the MREs. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, Max sitting there, he's handling these, these torn up undies way too, like, like he's too into what's going on in this pair of underwear. It's like sniffing them. Yeah. Um, let me just try and get a little. I know he's been isolated with these dudes for a while, but I don't think he's at the point where he could identify them by their crotch <laughs> sense yet. It doesn't taste like anybody I know. Yeah. That's what you think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently I, I, I'm right. I, I saw no showers out there, so like... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't think I saw a bathroom in that place either. <laughs> well, that's so, where that big hole that Keith David jumped into was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, they're, uh, they're now storing corpses of, um, you know, the ones that they had in the medical area. And they were doing autopsies on. They're just going to put them in the storeroom. Because at this point, they're still like, this is a scientific find of the century. We're, you know, we're going to be fucking rich. Yeah. Um, One of them says that, I think, too. Yeah. And then Fuchs is like, all right, McCrady, I got to talk to you out in the the fucking snow cat. And McCrady's like, I just want to get drunk right now. Leave me alone. Fuchs still convinces him to get out there. Um, And... Basically, he tells him, he's like, look, Blair cracked. He's, you know, he's about to do something crazy. Um, And meanwhile, while that's happening, there's a kind of important thing that this movie sort of very subtly glosses over. Because, like, Windows and Bennings are the last two in the storeroom with the corpses. And you see one of the corpses starts to move when no one's looking at it. And it starts to, like, bleed at Bennings, kind of. Um, So then Windows leaves the room. He comes back. And um, he finds Bennings in the corner getting all tentacled up, getting absorbed by this thing. And there's, if you don't know to listen to it, like for it, you never realize he drops Gary's keys that are important later, um, right here on the floor in the room. So like, this is how anybody could have gotten them and could have gotten to the blood. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never noticed that. Yeah, if you didn't, they they don't show it. You just have to listen. You hear the sound of keys hitting the floor. Mm. And if you watch the movie with subtitles, it does say keys being dropped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Windows, rightly so, just runs the fuck out of that room. And then he goes and he gets Mac and Fuchs in the uh, the snowcat, comes back with them. Bennings isn't there. They look out the window and they see him just sort of like flopping away. <laughs> <laughs> and man, I love this scene. Where, um, you know, they come up and Windows is about to, like, like touch him and check on him. Fuchs is like, don't fucking touch him and tackles him. Yeah. And McCrady, like, lights a flare and shines it on on what's left of Bennings. And it's it's Bennings' face, but you see he's got these, like, proto hands with, like, bones sticking out. Like, um, you know, like, they're these nasty looking claw things. And the noise that he makes at McCrady. It's just this great, like, unworldly... Mm-hmm. Like get the fuck away from me, kind of noise. Kelsey <laughs> 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 Grammer. 
It's a little bit like. <laughs> it's not Homesar. <laughs> now I want someone to animate Homesar just to open his mouth and make that noise. That's so... <laughs> yeah, it's more akin to uh, that remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm hmm. When uh, Donald Sutherland at the end is just like <laughs> the freaking creepiest point at someone ever. Yeah. Was so, that part of the movie, or was Donald Sutherland just making that noise? Little Kame. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Benning's thing is not fully formed, so it's not the most agile thing in the world. So it just kind of sits there as McCready dumps kerosene on it and lights <laughs> it up the flare. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing? What made me wonder, because of how he was running and how it's not really doing much now, like well, what his legs actually look like? Yeah, there's, they're they're probably not like functional legs. Yeah. yeah. All right, so now um, they they go and they burn, you know, what's left of Bennings and the rest of the corpses. And while they're doing that, um, you know, someone's like, "Hey, where's Blair?" And they go to look for him. And um, McCready just decides he wants to stay outside for a little bit longer. And he looks over, and fucking Blair is now like a gremlin. He just runs over to the helicopter, and you hear like a few <laughs> little tinker sounds. Yep. And like every piece of electronics inside the helicopter is gone. <laughs> like, I don't know how he trashed it that fast. He just bit it. He just put but, it in his mouth and, yeah. and yanked it all out. A feral Wilford well, Brimley. It's like John Lovitz in The Critic destroying the mattress, where he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> he learned from those guys from the super that just stripped that car oh, yeah. real quick. <laughs> so, um, they find Blair. He's in the radio room. Oh, it's... He's it's freakout time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a it's a full feral Wilford Brimley with a fire axe just smashing the shit out of '80s radios. <laughs> he's figured out. He figured out the whole movie. He already figured out the ending. He's like, yeah. I know how this ends. Let's just get it over with. Yeah, and th that's it exactly. And he's like, some of you fuckers know why I'm doing this, <laughs> but I can't trust any of you. So I'm just I'm. Getting rid of all of our modes of transportation and all of our contact with the outside world. Um, so <laughs> they send Keith David to try to do like a diplomacy check on him, which he he fails miserably because fucking um, he just immediately opens fire with all the remaining bullets in his revolver at Keith David. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> so now it takes four dudes with a uh, folding table to stop uh, out of control, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> yep. They don't want to be dogs. They want to <laughs> be. Ah! Yeah. And Brian, this is why I don't think he was infected yet, because he is actively trying to stop this thing from spreading. Mm -hmm. But like, like you know, later on, it's building shit. So I'm like, is he taking pieces now for that shit later? Uh, you know I, what I, mean? I think once it got him, it realized where all the parts were and started yeah. doing it. Right. Yeah, because I can totally see that. I could see that though. But yeah, and obviously, I think, I think it happened later. And obviously, uh, as mentioned, he is a little gremlin that can strip a helicopter in seconds. So <laughs> yeah. he can, as soon he as he can wants these strip parts, a helicopter in yeah. two minutes. <laughs> Reassembly takes three minutes. But. What's what is he has gremlin powers, but he's he's a giant Wilford Brimley pre-diabetes. So he's got, like, bear strength <laughs> combined with gremlin um, electronic destruction powers. So it takes, like, four guys in the cartoon, like, psh, psh, sound effects to take um, take Blair out. And they go and they put him in the shed outside, which they are um, nailing 
vertical boards to all the windows, but they're horizontal inside, or vice versa. It's funny because it's clearly a different set. Yeah. Um. So, like, Blair, he's just like, um, all right, I, I can't trust any of you. He tells uh, McCready to watch Clark and watch him close. Um, so, uh, at this point now, they're, like, they go back outside. McCready's like, Fuchs, you gotta take point on researching this thing. And Fuchs is like, yo, I need Blair. And he's like, Blair's too far gone. I don't think he's coming back. And He's not helping anybody right now. Yeah. And, um, he's then like, alright, watch Clark. And, um, what do you got for me, Doc Copper? And Doc Copper's like, yo, check it out. Take everyone's blood and individually mix it with uncon- what blood that we know is uncontaminated. And if someone's a thing, their blood should just start fucking with the, the uncontaminated blood. And um, they're like, that's a great idea. Too bad somebody fucking got to the blood because they got Gary's keys. Um, oh, and you can see there is a point um, sometime after Bennings dies where you do see Gary getting his keys back. Like he picks them up from the floor in that room. Um, so anyway, they go to the med area. Okay, okay. Okay, so here's what I don't get, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so they got all this blood that's all, you know, that's been all yeah. cut open and shit, right? Mm-hmm. That's still uncontaminated blood. Now, you don't know who, is it, who each one is. Well, no, that's the thing. They don't know it's not contaminated yeah. at this point. If a thing cut him all open, he could have just mixed some of his shit with him, and now everyone will test as a thing. Yeah. Okay. Or have no reaction because they're already... Yeah. Thing, it's already thing blood. Yep. And the blood's all mixed together now, right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's so they that, won't that know whose blood if, is used. If all that blood is clean, you, you're adding dirty blood to clean blood to see yeah. how it reacts. So, you, so each person, if they have dirty blood, it'll, it would it would react. So like, Yeah, so mm-hmm. as long as they had one bag of blood, it would be fine. It didn't matter, like, what blood type it was or anything. Yeah. It was tainted by plot convenience. Whoa, change. I'm like, I'm like, yo, this, this still drops in that bag. It, it, it didn't like put itself in each bag. Like, there's still shit it's in there. still good. You could suck the rest out of it. Yeah. Um, so now, <laughs> once they realize that it's like, all right, someone's actively sabotaging us, it's like, it's like in Battlestar Galactica when you're playing the board game and the first time you guys fail a crisis card, you're just like, accusation, accusation. Everyone's a Cylon. Everyone's arguing with everyone. Um, like, everyone wants to fight everyone. Windows freaks out. He's like, I'm gonna go get a shotgun. Gary chases him down, pulls his revolver, and is like, I'll fucking kill you. So, they gotta talk Gary and, and, um, Windows down. And then Gary's like, look, I know a lot of you think I could've, um, tainted the blood. So, you know, I'm gonna give up the keys and the gun. And I think you guys would feel more comfortable if someone else is in charge. So he, he nominates Norris. Norris is like, yo, I suck way too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, honest. Chief David's yeah. like, I'll do it. And like, everyone's like, nope. Clark fucking pulls a knife on him. Just like, the hell you will. And then finally, McCready's like, look, I'm Kurt Russell. I'm in charge. That's just, that's just how it goes. So what, what is the actual like pecking order here? Is, is Chief in charge? Yeah, from no what idea. I said, he is the station manager. Yeah. Okay. And then Norris is like, I think he is the head of the science department there. Okay. So he, that kind of makes him like number two because it's a science outpost. Because it almost, like the whole movie, it seems almost like Childs and McCready have this kind of like, not rivalry, but mm-hmm. sort of like they're both seen as authorities. But they're both the two uh, most badass. Yeah, yeah the two most yeah. badass. They're yeah, the most well, badass and respected in this group. I but thought not... I thought that Childs had like a high position, while McCready was just like, 
I'm a pilot and I've got a level head and everybody just kind of goes to me because I'm just kind of, no, I think like, like cool dude. By the background info, I think McCready would technically rank higher in that he's like in charge of all things flying. Okay. Cause you know, like chief like defers to him on all like flying decisions. Yeah. Made with the helicopter. So, I and, mean, there's no real mention of it. So it's kind of like yeah. a moot point. Well, yeah, I think the real thing is there's no actual pecking order for this situation, yeah. so... I know um, Charles and McCready give each other the stink eye many times in this movie. I, I feel like it's like at, at, at a lot of jobs where, like, you know who's who's technically in charge, but you also know who gets who gets the most shit done. Right? Yeah. Usually, like, you go to the person who, who, who you know can, like, help you get shit done mm-hmm. versus, like, who's in charge. Yeah, who actually and, knows yeah. what's going on. Yeah, and those are the two guys in in the base that I think would, would be thinking about, like, you know, I could beat everybody else up in this base, maybe except that dude. So, you know, they always <laughs> kind of, they want to, they've got this unseen, like, rivalry because they got to, like, they both got to see if they could beat the other guy up, that kind of deal. Um, Like, if there was a girl on the base, the two of them would always be fighting over her. Mm-hmm. Um, But anyway, so... um. Also, at this point, um, oh wait, no, 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 not yet. Uh, so Gary gives up his command. Um, friggin' Fuchs, uh, at this point, he's doing stuff in the lab, and he goes outside, and he finds, well, so, so power goes out in the lab. He go, he tries to walk out of the lab with a candle, and like, that spooky noise, and a monster whooshes by, and, um, they, um, yeah, then he goes outside. I don't know why he goes outside at this point, but he leaves the base. And, um, he just dies somehow. He finds McCready's clothes. Like, he's, um, they say McCready on him and they're all shredded up. And then he's just, he's dead. He saw something go out there and he went out to check yeah. out what it was. Um, like, who it at was. this point, mm-hmm. I'm like, how come you all don't stay in groups of three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The rest of the movie. Well, they started at this point. Um, so, friggin', um, yeah, I... If I were McCready, I would have had somebody guarding Fuchs, at least, because he's, even if he's not a thing, he's doing important work. But, um, so the, yeah, at this point, um, McCready decides that he's going to have Doc Copper, Clark, and, um, and Chief Gary, who are like the three biggest thing suspects, tied to the couch and drugged with morphine. Um, and then everyone's like, he's pairing people off to go do things, and everyone's like, I don't want to pair with that guy. And they're all, like, trying to fight each other. So he just does one of those, like, manager, like, all right, cut the bullshit. He's like, Windows and uh, Nalls are with me. We're going to go outside and look for Fuchs. Um, and then he has, like, Childs and Palmer look around inside the base. Um, and then he tells Norris to just wait there. And um, if, you know, any of the people on the couch move to fucking torch him. Um, so uh, Fuchs, uh, I'm sorry, not Fuchs, um... McCready, Nalls, and um, Windows go outside. Windows does, like, his one useful thing for the whole movie is he finds, um, like, the remains of Fuchs that are all burnt up at this point. So I think what happened is um, he probably saw the thing, which I think at this point is getting, um, what's his name, is getting Blair and assimilating him. Yeah. Um, And... I think the thing just killed him because it didn't have time to assimilate him and it's outside in the cold and didn't want to drag his body anywhere. So he killed him and burnt him. That would be my theory, but we don't know for sure. So Fuchs is dead. They find his glasses. Um, So McCready tells Windows to go back inside and tell everybody. But he's like, the light's on in my shack and I know I turned it off when I left. 
So Nalls and him are going to go check the shack. Um, and then they, uh, they go and they check on Blair. And this is like, this is such a great creepy scene because he opens up the window to Blair's shed. There's a noose in there. So I think Blair was trying to kill himself because I think at this point he's like, he knows he's not going to be let back inside and he knows the thing's just going to come and get him. So he's like, fuck it, I'm going to kill myself. And the thing caught him before he could finish. Yep. Um, so the thing just left the noose there and Blair's just like, All right, I feel better. I want to come back inside. <laughs> <laughs> He's like I eating cookies for everybody or something out of a can. He's just like, no, everything's good. Let me back in there. Yeah, <laughs> even if I was crazy before, I'm fine now. I just really, it, I don't want to come back inside. Yeah, everything's better now. It's good. If you could subtitle um, uh, McCready's thoughts at this point, he's just like, fuck, <laughs> and he's just like, okay, we'll see, Blair. Close that door. <laughs> walk away but yeah wilford brimley does that so great where he's like um you're like all right even if he's not the thing at this point he's shady as fuck yeah, yeah. which may have so just been wilford brimley who knows yeah <laughs> so yeah, but he is excellent in this movie yeah oh yeah um and that's actually that's the last we see of blair for like an hour um so now Nalls and mccrady you know they're on their way up to mccrady's shack and um you see that inside uh, Norris is beginning to start having chest pains. Um, and that comes into play a little later. Um, and Nalls yeah. comes back. He knocks to be let in. And um, he's all like like a blizzard starting to come come through. And this movie has to like, like... I got a feeling the blizzard's way worse than the movie's portraying it to be. Because you have to be able to see what's going on outside. So it doesn't really look like it's that bad out there. Like they're saying, like no one could survive out there in these conditions. And you look, and it's like it's like a dusting of snow. Um, I mean, it could but, be temperature-wise too. Like it may yeah. not just be the snow; it could be just well, super like, below freezing temperatures. When Nalls comes back, he's like um, covered in frost, and he's like, "I cut him off the line. He's he should be dead." Like, and it's like even if you don't have a line, it's like a hundred foot walk to the base. Um, so I think they're supposed to imply that there's like whiteout conditions that you would need a line to like find your yeah, way through. I believe so. Yeah. But obviously if you filmed it like that, then you can't see anything outside. So, you know, they had to do it that way. So, um, now, uh, everyone's like, all right, well, you know, oh yeah, you know, Nalls pulls out, like he found McCready's shredded clothes and he's like, I don't think McCready saw me find this. So, um, he's like, McCready's a thing. So they're like, all right, well, board up everything. Let's seal this place up. And uh, we're going to fucking kill McCready if he comes back. And this one, they're like, in those conditions, no one should have survived. Nothing human should have survived out there and found its way back to base. So they, they're they convinced that McCready's a thing when he breaks into the storeroom window. And uh, so that, like, locks the door to the storeroom. So, like, Keith David is cutting his way in. And they're going to blast him with a flamethrower, you know, right in the storeroom. And I love the shot of when they get the, they finally get the door open and fucking like Popsicle McCready looks scary as fuck. Cause he's just like, he's like a step below Jack, uh, Nicholas or Jack Nicholson in the shining, but he's like a Popsicle. All right. It looks pretty similar to the way he does in that Santa Claus movie. He did a couple of years ago. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Just jiggling like a motherfucker from the cold, and he's got like a whole stick of dynamite and like a road flare, and he's like, "Come on, like I'll take us all down." And he's like, "Do something." So, um, so now like everyone takes off their flamethrowers and backs away because they don't 
Like, even if you flamethrower Kurt Russell at this point, you're going to blow the whole base up. Um, so somehow uh, Nalls and um, what's his name? Norris flanked Kurt Russell somehow. Like they got a, I don't know if they ran around and climbed in through the window. I don't know how like they got where they were, but they were like sneak attack. And they run out and try to, like, um, get the dynamite from Kurt Russell. And Kurt Russell's like, I'll fucking kill both of you. Just beats the shit out of them. And um, Norris just immediately collapses and starts, like, having a heart attack or something. And um, Nalls is like, all right, we got to go help this guy. So now we see we're inside the med area. And um, Kurt Russell is still frozen. He's got a flamethrower on and a bundle of dynamite. He's like, who wants to touch me? And like, <laughs> everyone's yelling accusations at everyone while Doc Copper is trying to uh, fucking save Norris. And this movie has two scenes that I, I really, really love. And this is the first one. Um, and they're, and they're, the two scenes are right after each other. But like, Doc Copper's got his defibrillators. He's trying to defibrillate Norris. And he goes for a second try. And uh, <laughs> I can't say Doc Copper saw this coming. <laughs> Norris's chest just bifurcates, opens up, it's this giant, like, ribcage mouth, bites both of Doc Copper's really fake arms off, one of which <laughs> pops out, like, above the mouth, looks like his arm just, like, pops off. Yeah. But, cool. the, yeah, the idea is so cool that, like, the, the practical effect kind of failing there is, you're like, whatever, that's awesome. So... It's amazing what they actually got away with with the practical effects here, yeah. because... They got a guy who actually had amputated arms to take over mm-hmm. for that part, obviously, oh, wow. with the ar- hands ripping off. But if you watch when he pulls back and he's screaming, that's just a different dude in a really shitty mask. Yeah. Really? But, yeah, yeah. His face doesn't change. Yeah. And his, his size is different than Doc Copper. Wow. Um, like, yeah. I, I like, I like the scene because, like, because uh, the monster is, like, taking over this, this, this body or whatever. And it normally don't give a fuck, right? He gets hit with that shock, and it's like, fuck, that hurt! Yes! <laughs> so let's do it again, it's like, fuck that, I'm eating you! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> uh, so now, Norris thing just, just goes ham. Like, it grows like a, like another Norris head kind of periscope thing with spider legs that grows out of his colon and attaches to the ceiling, I guess. Um, yep. And then, like, it starts, like, snapping its neck off and, like, Doris's actual head is, like, working its way down the edge of the table on these, like, green, like, uh, fucking Slimer-looking, like, plant tentacle things. This is gross-looking. Uh, yeah, th- there's fucking more of that nerd's rope is shooting out of its chest, whipping around everywhere. And, um, McCrady waits for everyone to get out of the room, and then he torches it. Uh, and this thing makes some really, like, awful noises as it's dying. But then its head, like detaches completely from its body and like whips around like a nerd's rope tongue and like it makes like a whoosh as it like Indiana Jones is onto a chair and pulls itself under a desk and this thing grows like it's two a new tongue to coal? A tongue to coal, yeah. It yeah. grows two new eye stalks coming out of like Norris's chin and it grows like some spider legs coming out of his head. And I love it because after like they're distracted because they gotta balance like thoroughly cooking the remains of um, Norris with the fact that, like, the building's on fire. <laughs> so uh, none of them notice that the head is doing this. Um, so then they go in and they're looking at, like, burnt-up Norris. And I love just the unmitigated, like, gall of the um, the head spider, where it's just like, 
<laughs> like Jumanjiing across the floor. Don't mind me. I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> Just like they don't see me. They don't see me. Like, not trying to sneak out at all. And Palmer, like, sums it up where he's just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> and then, like, the, the head turns around and, like, looks at him and it's just like, oh. <laughs> Gets a flamethrower. It's just such a great scene. Um, so now, <clears throat> now we get my favorite scene in the movie, the blood test. And this is just, this is just suspense, like, perfected. Um, so McCready gets an idea. He's like, um, all of the, uh, all the parts of a thing are like their own part. So they'll all try to survive. Um, whereas like normal human bleeds, it's just blood. But if a thing bleeds, it's like a whole new thing. So he gets everybody tied up and then he starts taking blood samples. Except Clark is like the least subtle, like I'm creeping up on you but I'm pretending like you got a good idea. And then Keith David, they're like, all right, we're doing this stare down now. And him and Kurt Russell stare daggers at each other where Keith David's like, I'm not getting fucking tied up. And then Kurt Russell's like, I'll kill you. And they stare at each other for like a while. And Keith David's like, all right, I guess you will. <laughs> He's like, put on, the, put on these glasses. Yeah. But you mean it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it didn't even take a 15 minute fist fight to convince him. Um, so then fucking Clark decides, now's my moment. I got this scalpel I stole from the med bay. I'm going to charge McCready with that. McCready's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Shoots Which, him like, right in the head. I appreciate that, that, like, that, like, he was fucking serious. <laughs> He's like, yeah. look, like, yeah. I am not fucking playing around. I will fucking yeah. kill you. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> usually in these, in these moments, like, you know. Like, they don't want to do it, and they're like, well, he's yeah. like, no, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so, now everyone's complying with McCready. They're like, all right, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's playing for keeps. So, um, they get everyone's blood. They test um, Windows first, and Windows, like, turns out he's he's fine. Um, so, like, Windows passes his virus check. Well, and, McCready uh, does himself as well. Yep. And everyone's like, that doesn't prove anything. And then they test Copper, Copper's... Um, fine. They test, um, Clark. Clark's fine. So, you know, then, uh, Keith David's like, that makes you a murderer. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did no, what I had to do. Yep. Whatever. Um, and then, like, they're testing, um, I think at this point they test, uh, McCready. And then, like, um, yeah, that's when, uh, what's his name? Um, Gary says, um, you know, that doesn't prove anything. And then uh, McCready's like, I thought you'd say that, Gary. That's why I'm going to test you last. And while he's saying that, he's he's testing, um, what's his name? Palmer. Uh, Palmer's blood. And sticks the hot needle in it. And Palmer's blood's just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and this like, little gremlin pops out of it like, ah! This is also another great moment of, like, trickily using special effects. That's a weird way to say it, but um, because if you're paying attention, that's a fake ass hand yep. that Kurt uh, Kurt Russell has, but they use it for each scene, or well, at least like the first couple, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah, more than one. Uh, so yeah, you're just like, oh, that looks a little fake, but you're, but it just keeps going on like it's nothing. So you kind of mm. get adjusted. So when it actually has something pop out of it, you're not expecting it. Brilliant. I like. Having seen this movie a few times, so you know that Palmer's fucked at this point. Like, I like Palmer's face when they're going to test him. He's just like, well, here we go. 
And he starts wiggling and jiggling. And it's funny because everyone's screaming. They're playing everyone's screams, but no one's actually screaming when they're on camera. <laughs> and you can hear their voices screaming. Um, and, oh, he's like, he's bleeding blood out of everywhere. His skin's turned into silly putty. And he just fucking launches himself up against the ceiling. And I thought of you, Rob, during this part. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Me too. Because. <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> There's that. But, uh. Okay, so when he freaked out, uh, McCrady dropped his flamethrower and fucked up the pilot light on it. So that's why McCrady's flamethrower isn't working very well. And the other flamethrower is um, being used by Windows, who is oh, useless. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so, the worst. I thought so, of me, too. Well, no, I thought... <laughs> ap- after this part. But, yes, um, I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, fucking Palmer, after he sprung himself off the couch and out of the rope somehow... Um, he like stands up in front of Windows, who's just looking at this thing like paralyzed in fear, while it like splits its head down the middle and makes like a like a snappy jaw Venus flytrap kind of head, and shoots out like a tongue tentacle, much like how Rob eats Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it grabs what is clearly a Windows puppet. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Just Flails this fucking thing around. And it's kind of only in the background, but it's silly as hell. <laughs> yeah, it just completely ragdolls. <laughs> yeah, nibbles yeah. windows in the face and throws him into the board game collection. <laughs> uh, so McCrady finally gets his flamethrower to work, torches Palmer thing, who um, just goes and like slams through the wall and... Um, it's funny because it's a guy in, you know, with like Nomex or something on fire. But whenever it goes past an actor, it's just like an unanimated mannequin on a string, like just being dangled <laughs> past them on fire. Um, it's also kind of funny because you watch him smash through this wall. And obviously, you know, to make this happen for the effect, they have a very fake cheap wall. But if you think about it, like, that means essentially the difference between them and the Arctic freezing cold was like a sheet of plywood. (laughs) Yeah. If fucking Wilford Brimley leans on that wall, he's just tumbling out into the the tundra. So he could have gotten out of that shit any time. Yeah. Um, So this is when John Carpenter's like, all right, right, uh, Kurt Russell, here's some dynamite. Fucking go play with explosives. Because just to be sure, he hucks a stick of dynamite at Palmer thing that does, it just immediately blows up. Like, like it looks like they weren't even ready to film it yet, and it already went off. <laughs> like, they hadn't cut to the right camera. Um, and then, like, he comes back inside and uh, torches uh, Windows thing and the board game collection, which at that point, I'd be like, all right, well, torch me too. <laughs> um, so... Now, uh, we've lost, we've lost a lot of people in this scene. We lost Clark, we lost, uh, Palmer, we lost Windows. Um, so now he tests Nalls and, um, Nalls checks out. So, like, at this point, everyone's like, okay, McCready's got a good idea. So now, like, he gives Nalls a flamethrower, no problem. And Nalls is, like, uh, pointing it at Keith David. Keith David's like, let's do this. You know, they put the needle in his blood. It's fine. So now I'd like, I just love the way the shots frame where you see like the silhouette of like Gary, uh, Gary from behind and like two angry men pointing flamethrowers at him and a really intense looking Kurt Russell, like with the, the needle in his blood and he tests his, uh, Gary's blood and it comes out clean. So Gary's like, gentlemen, I know you've been through a lot, but when you have the time, I'd like to not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. 
and the scene ends with that. I'm like, it's a perfect scene. Yeah. It's got like everything. It's got it's got some violence. It's got some some cool effects. It's got some not so cool effects that are funny. Uh, you know, shit gets lit on fire, and then at the end, it just ends with like a belligerent remark. Spreadly dinky doink boink. Uh, another little trick here, if you're watching it back, uh, when they're on the couch, everyone mm. has like their faces fairly well fit, lit, and you can see the light yep. in their eyes, except for Palmer. Yeah, I heard, I heard thing. that was a theory that the um, the thing's eyes didn't reflect light properly. Mm. There's a few out there like that. There's a few with like yeah. the coats they're wearing and stuff. I, I don't know if that's right. so much the thing can't reflect light, but at least mm. directorially he decided yeah. to do that. So you, if you're paying attention, you're clued in ahead of time that at that point Palmer is going to be the thing. And here's where I think they make mistake number two, besides letting the dog in. Um, so they come, like the camera just comes across Childs who's waiting by the door. And I like that it's really cold outside and there's like blizzard conditions going by the windows. But you could see all the sweat on Keith David and he looks like he's fucking like, you know, um, going through some crazy amount of stress. And McCready's wow. like, we're going to go give Blair the blood test. I don't know why they split up here. Like, why right. did you not take Childs with you? Yeah. You have you have now firmly established that everybody is not contaminated. Um, At this point, nobody like I don't care if someone's got to take a dump. The four of you are in the bathroom with them. Like, you know, everyone's traveling together until you know for sure that this base has no things on it. Yeah, we may or may not force you to leave the stall door open. Yeah. yeah I mean, at, at this point, like, like, Childs couldn't trust anyone coming back. Yep. Yeah. Because he never and they couldn't anybody. trust him either, yeah. yeah. Right. So they'd have to go in the, the um, like, uh, rec room and fucking do the whole test over again. Um, but, it, you know, and then how many times is that test going to work? Because, you know, right. eventually things going to, you know, figure out that, like, oh, okay, you'll get caught if you do that. Well, plus, so, hopefully they're learning, but it's so far, each time we take that test, we lose two people. So yeah. it's not not a great plan. So, yeah, they go to Blair's shed, and uh, Blair's not there. The door's open. and But they find a secret tunnel, and they find out that... Secret tunnel! Blair's secret been building... This was not built not, on love, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, well, it really is a mole rat. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, mole. I think he did just burrow that cave. Yeah. But this UFO is clearly not large enough to fly Wilford Brimley anywhere. No. no. <laughs> so I guess the thing's going to transform back into the dog or yeah. something. It's like a TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, wanna... I remember the first time I saw it being mad where I'm like, that thing's going to bring him at space. And then I realized, I'm like, he doesn't need to go to space. He just needs to go anywhere where there's people and he's fine. Mm-hmm. And he can build a UFO after that. So um, they they go back, like, they go back up. Nall sees that Childs wanders off, and then the power goes out to the whole base. So they're like, well, we're dead, because <laughs> temperature's going <laughs> to drop. This thing wants to freeze. Um, so they're like, there's only one thing to do now. Fucking suicide run. Let's kill everything. Destroy mm-hmm. it all. Yep. Um, ballsy decision, but, I mean, it's kind of the correct one. They well, take to, they take it pretty well. Yeah. Like, from the thing's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Just fucking leave. Well, that's it. Yeah. Just just go go somewhere near the base. It's going to be dark for a while, and pretty soon, it's going to be dark for the whole fucking winter. Like, they're not going to find you. Yeah. And that, especially if you destroyed the generator. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, just fucking leave. And you're not wrong, but there yeah. is the thing of it needs to make sure it's somewhere where they can't find it. 
Yeah, the only thing I can think of too is that um if like it can destroy the generator and it probably still thinks that its UFO is intact. Like I don't think at this point it realizes that they found its UFO. So I think it thinks that if it cuts the generator, they'll all die before it has to worry and it'll have enough time to build its UFO and GTFO. Now, didn't it take the generator? Yeah. No, yeah. Probably yeah. for the UFO. Probably for, yes, yeah, for the UFO. And actually, no, 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 think about it. There is also the thing of uh, it needs to go somewhere where they can't find it because they'll just kill it whenever they do. But it wants to be somewhere where it can be found right. for whenever the other people come. So that's and, tricky. Yeah. And if it's not dead, uh, I mean, like, if it hasn't killed the rest of them, um, they can leave messages, like, to it, like, saying where it is frozen in the ice, that it's a problem. You yeah. know, they can tell the whole world about it before they die. So, all right. Um, now they're, they just go and trash the whole fucking base. They drive, like, the snowcat through one of the walls. They're throwing Maltovs at everything. They're blowing up all the rooms um and then they're like let's go downstairs to the generator room to this spooky ass cave we have under our base um which you haven't seen until now um so they go down there and again they decide to split up for like no reason fucking why like yeah um like well, least- if you had that if you had that much dynamite just put it all in the, the, the middle of the room and, and leave like like yeah. you know and also, they don't have any flamethrowers at this point, either. Um, so, um... At least here, the plan is to be two by two. Yeah. Um, and if anything, I would have hooked the dynamite up to the wires first, and had the detonator set up before I split anyone off. Because mm. then, I at least the person by the detonator can be like, fuck it, and just blow the whole place up if they need to. But, um, like, uh, Gary goes um, off into the old storeroom and has a unfortunate encounter with Wilford Brimley, who uh, yeah. just shoves just, his... Go ahead. Just shoves his hand through his face. Mm-hmm. Like, he he puts his hand on his mouth to quiet him, and meanwhile his fingers are going in through his skin. It's fucked up. Yeah, and God knows what is coming out of his hand into Gary's mouth. Mm. Yeah. Well, basically, or where right. that hand has been. Yeah. Well, it's Wilford Brimley, so... Exactly. Basically, um, Wilford Brimley's like, your head is attached to my hand now, forever. Yeah. And he just walks away, dragging Gary behind him. Um, and then fucking Nalls, you know, doesn't yeah. even get an on-screen death. What, what exactly? He gets distracted by something, but I can't for the life of me tell what what it was. Yeah, it looks like he goes into the room where Gary died. And he's just like, I don't think I need to be here anymore. It looks like Kurt Russell needs to be alone with this monster. So I'll go get myself killed. Is that what happened? Like, he he wanted to check on Gary? Like, uh, there wasn't, like... I don't know. I, I sh- showed the hallway, and I'm just like, what? What, what, what how, am I looking at? How funny would it have been if, like, a little bit later on in the scene where he, um, Kurt Russell throws the stick of dynamite, if that's when Nalls just comes back from the storeroom, <laughs> like, after it's, like, it's already <laughs> left his hand. Like, sorry, yeah, I just like, had to pee oh. real bad. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> take a shit. Kurt Russell's on his own with this thing, and the thing plays this right. It's just like I'm in the floor, and burrows over, shoots out a really badly stop motion animated tentacle to like snatch up the detonator. He's like, "This is mine now." Then he comes out of the floor, and he's like a fucked up totem pole. Like he's got like a nasty mouth at the top. He's got like a dog growing out of him. He's doing all kinds of weird stuff. And he's just kind of like everything he's formed. Yeah, he's an 80s puppet monster. Yeah, he's just like, look how creepy I look. 
Eh. Kurt Russell's not impressed. He just grabs the stick of dynamite that he already lit. He's just like, yeah, fuck you too. And throws the dynamite at it. And it blows up the whole base. But Kurt Russell's too cool for that. His beard protects him against explosions. So yeah, he somehow just gets out of that like fine. Um, so he's walking around outside now. The base is on fire. It's clear that he's going to die once the fire goes out. So he plops down to have a drink. And Childs comes strolling back up like, oh, la, la, la. You know, I I, I got lost in the storm. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Jalapeno. Yeah. And so McCready's like, well, if you're a thing, whatever. Like, <laughs> Let's drink. You know, yeah. Let's just have a drink. And We so, don't know. You don't know if I'm not a thing. I don't know if you're not a thing. But yeah. at this point... Like, what are we going to do? So, And spoiler for listeners at home, John Carpenter doesn't know if uh, Childs is a thing or not. So <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. it does not need to be debated to the level that it has been. I love uh, how he's but, like one of those directors that doesn't play into like all the fan theory, conspiracy theory bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I, don't know. I don't know. Like, just deal with it. <laughs> Live That's it. for you to figure out, Reddit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, people have Let written them... pages on this. Yeah. Let them oh, argue yeah. over that for years. And this movie ends with the same bum-bums that have been going through the whole film. And, uh, yeah, that's that's it. We got friends on the other side. That's The Thing from 1982, not 2011, which is a prequel but has the same name. <laughs> <laughs> Tony? <laughs> so... Like I said, uh, back when this movie came out, it was horribly panned. Nobody liked it. Uh, it was a big issue. But it obviously got a big cult following and, uh, you know, started to become appreciated later on down the road. So by the time we got RottenTomatoes.com, critics gave this a score of 84%. Audience gave this a score of 92%. That's their thoughts and opinions. What about you and yours? Uh, Will? Uh, yeah, this is, in my mind, almost a perfect movie, um, regardless of genre, um, like, I don't know, I bet uh, we kind of talked about it at the beginning, it's, it's, uh, the world feels so lived in, the characters feel so real, um, there's not quite the tropes that you get into with other horror movies of this genre, like a group of guys in a scenario like this could go totally other way and and just be uh super shitty um but it's crazy how well it holds up especially uh considering the practical effects like joe was saying uh the 2011 movie tried to do that but just got shit on by the studio um yeah this is a movie that i return to not like consistently but pretty uh regularly um just the mood and everything of it is it's just iconic and all the performances are great uh yeah so of the movies i've been on the podcast for this one probably might be my uh highest recommendation okay uh brian so this is a great movie like there's there's anything faulty fine with, with this movie are not big enough to 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 to, to uh, take away from the from the movie at all like it, it's, it gives you just what you need for the viewing of the movie itself. And, um, yeah, keep you on the edge of your seat at parts of that. It's, it's just a great movie. Like, I'd definitely say watch this again. I'd watch it again. I recommend everyone watch this movie. Like, uh, this is, this is a dope movie. All right. Uh, Joe. Um, I love it. Uh, I'd give it a solid A. Um, like I said, my, my favorite horror movie in my top tens, you know, probably in my top ten 
all-time movies. Um, like, if I had to pick a problem, it's like some of the stop-motion parts of the uh, special effects could be a little better. But, like, it was 1982, you know, like, the the rest of the, the puppetry effects are, like, a master class in, in puppetry and practical effects. So, like, you really can't shit on it for that. Uh, it's just, it's a really well-done movie. I mean, the, the characters <clears throat> make solid decisions, which is a rarity in a horror movie. Um, the suspense is so, like, it's just mwah. Like, I, I want to slather that all over everything. Um, and, like, you know, the for a movie that's, you know, it's longer than 90 minutes, it's paced real well, goes by pretty quick because you're fully invested in everything. Um, I just, I love it. Uh, I want it all over my body, um, which I really don't want to because I already have as many tentacles as I want to have. Fair enough. Rob? Uh, yeah, this this movie's great. Um, I find that no matter how many times I watch it, it's still suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even though I know what's happening, you still get that kind of, like, tension in your body. Um, it's like, this, Alien, Aliens, Predator... These are all movies that I keep going back to just because they are made so well um, that, I mean, they are definers of their genre, really. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this movie. It's great, and I totally recommend it. Yeah, and I definitely recommend it as well. Like, I, I do understand the movie's biggest issues, for me at least, are just uh, those limitations of special effects. You know, the, the some of the stop motion, the, you know puppet of windows that kind of thing which they could have done more if they had it but they didn't but it's also so like ahead of its time in its special effects that it's you know still hold most of it holds up so damn well and it's just done so well like you know some darker lighting for those parts where we don't have the stuff we can we want to do and things like that and it just beautifully done uh, so yeah, I, I love it. Uh, awesome movie. Can't recommend it enough. One of my favorites of all times. Definitely check this movie out. Um, I know we, we briefly talked about that, uh, the 2011 one. And while I give them credit for trying to stay true to the storyline, it's, we, we don't need it. We, we got everything we needed here. And yeah, the fact that they got forced into those, uh, CGI special effects that are hot garbage just really brings it down uh but this one go back to any time it's always going to be awesome so yeah the thing so uh thankfully we all agreed to recommend it because i was going to do it anyway so (laughs) i wrote it down so you guys were screwed Mm -hmm. so we recommend the thing from 1982 can can i just shit on the prequel a little bit (laughs) like i think just a good summation of the quality difference in the script is, so you know how that blood test scene is like an amazing scene, like one of my favorite scenes ever filmed, right? In um, the 2011 one, they check each other for fillings. For that's what? The blood, that's the blood test scene. Like, Oh, because it can't replicate metal. Yeah, yeah. so they just look in each other's mouths. Uh... Well, yeah. <laughs> also, and this is because the studio fucked up with the you need to use computer effects, but I think it's bigger problem at least for me, is that that whole movie, whereas this one's about, you know, who can you trust? We don't know who has the mm-hmm. thing or whatever. And it's only when it's cornered that it busts out and starts causing problems. That movie, it's just running around everywhere, turning yeah. into all kinds of weird shit and just like, hey, look at me. I'm an alien. I'm an alien. I'm an alien. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. 
it, the the creators could not handle the responsibility of being able to do all that cool stuff. Didn't mean that they should have done all that cool stuff. Um, if I could relate that to Jurassic Park, uh, so um, yeah, the the prequel don't don't watch it. It is but, disappointing. And also, anytime I talk about uh, special effects, practical versus computer, this is a prime example because again, eighty two holds up beautifully, aside mm-hmm. from a few little weak parts. 2011 already outdated and looks like garbage. So, but could you have imagined if they had the passion and the creative freedom that they had for this movie and the resources they had for the prequel? Oh, like, yeah, that's that would have been something to see. I mean, not that this well, isn't something to see. But. Well, that's the thing. A part of me would be interested in that, but the other part of me is like, I'm kind of glad they didn't because it forced them to make certain decisions that probably yeah. made this movie better. Yeah, also, that's not necessarily a good thing either. I mean, if you look at Prometheus and like mm. all those movies, like, uh, hey, you like aliens? Let's over explain it till it's not interesting anymore. Yeah. yeah. Or in the case of Covenant, like, they start out as these things that are way scarier than aliens and have like, these crazy capabilities that why would you evolve away from? Like if you inhale some black goo, an alien grows in you. Like you're just like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so ah. this movie's awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, See, go watch it. Go watch, watch it now it with go your eyes. Yeah. Put it in your eye holes. Turn your eye holes into mouths and tentacles. Guys. And don't worry, you'll grow more eyes, too. We got some emails. Okay, all right. Y'all y'all ready for this? Wow. <laughs> that so we is gotta... <laughs> the saddest thing I've heard in a long time. Listen, we are excited about you guys and your emails. Um, they all happen to be from one person this time around, but... Uh, <laughs> That's one leading the charge for everyone, though. Listen, William, you are prolific, and we love it. Even when you make fun of us, that's and fine. Say, say me, not you. No, I know. I'm saying it's fine that he makes fun of us. Like that's true, especially well, well, Will. Let, let's see what he says first before we. Yeah, it's fine. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just gonna spray bile all over this podcast. You know, no, that's that. me. That's I do yeah. that. That's I do that all the time. Yeah, exactly. We got one person doing it. We don't need to. Yeah. He put friendly emo- emo- em- emojis at the ends of the sentences. So oh, I assume, okay. So, I assume that means everything's in, in good like, fun. Like, he could rip into my mother's virtue as long as he puts a happy face emoji <laughs> right wow. after it. Phrasing, you know, we're fine. Joseph, phrasing. <laughs> All right. Uh, insult dead family members. Just put the happy face emoji. We're good. Don't actually do that, anyone. Please don't do no, that. Please do that. don't. Please do not. <laughs> The happy face emoji is not an, a good emotional band-aid, is the point I was trying to make. We'll make fun of my dead father because his ghost will come at you and <laughs> kick the shit out of you. What All are right. we doing? I don't Why? know. I'm trying to read an email. Just let me read. This is Pacific, uh, Pacific Rim email. Okay. It says, ending comments reaction. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but... It was for his, his, own, his own reference. Yeah, probably, okay. well, probably a reaction to our ending comments. Man. But it starts. <laughs> it starts, hold up, time out, and stop even. The following program will feature quite a few points of contention and emotional manipulation. Reader discretion is advised. That's a little play on our on our thing that Brian does. Yeah, we got Kinda it. Kind of got Bob. that, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. 
<laughs> I have not had anything to drink tonight. Wow. I've Even water. <laughs> yeah, especially not water. All right. First up, I will be He's sponsoring. Got the fever fever. Sorry. Let him read it. First up, I will be sponsoring. Yeah, every time you interrupt me, I'm going to start from the beginning. First up, I will be sponsoring a show soon. It's been on my to-do list for about two months now, but I've been lazy. I'll submit my requests as requested by Brian. Send money shortly. P.S. Good try with the save there, Rob. I don't know what that's in reference to. Well, I say to to that episode. I say <laughs> so much crap I have to backpedal on. <laughs> <laughs> and so much we have to like delete or apologize for Just later. Shout over. <laughs> the next the next point he makes I'm going to skip over because it is uh not true and it is addressed in the following email. Uh it says third uh, Joe and I seem to be on different wavelengths most of the time, but I can respect his right to an opinion. However, comparing Pacific Rim to Godzilla 1998 disfavorably makes me question everything about him. Is his name even <laughs> Joe? That, oh. That's it. <laughs> for, such a, for such an insult, there can be only one punishment. He must, he must rewatch Godzilla 98. Um, <laughs> that was not one of the sponsored episodes, so yep, you're not there. Yeah, I've um, already done it for the podcast. I never have to watch it again. Yeah. I don't know. Will William for another hundred dollars? We'll rewatch Godzilla ninety eight. Yeah, okay, for a hundred bucks, I will. <laughs> uh, don't do that to poor Will here. But all right, to, yeah, to you know, to, to keep throwing um, so you know stuff on the fire here for William. Though honestly, if I had to watch either of those movies again. I just flip a coin. It, okay. it, like, wow. it wouldn't make much of a difference to me. Genuinely, I don't understand that. But, I, I you know, that's fine. That is fine. Um, just because Pacific Rim is so short, much shorter. <laughs> you know, actually, you do have a point there. That is a, that's a, that seals it. It's also, like, it's more colorful, whereas Godzilla 98 is, like, all, it's all brown and rain. It's just, just Yo, brown Del- and rain. Uh, and, Del Toro right. versus Emmerich. No question. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, either way, I'm going to be staring off into space. Going, I mean, that's that's, that's fine. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so I'd rather do that for less time. Says fourth, I'm slowly trying to catch up, but you guys have been busy making new episodes. I love it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And I've been lazy in writing. I have a draft from March 12th, which is probably from Rocketeer, if I had to guess. Wow. There wasn't any reaction to the actual episode written, just stuff from the start of the episode fluff. Well, that's... That's where all the the meats at, you know. Um, that's the, the part fluff I always like, skip gets, gets when I listen to one of our episodes. That's right. That's right. The fluff's what what gets you excited. Fifth, I'm glad you collectively, as I can't remember who actually asked, asked to know what all I, we the listeners, have been up to. <laughs> it gives me the perfect opportunity to invite you to access my media server. All right. Well, that's he's also been playing video games. Cat Quest on the Switch was a fun little beginner's action RPG full of puns. Cat Quest 2 was okay. I didn't finish it and probably won't go back though. Warframe, free to play on Steam, has been my go-to time killer for a few months now. Oh, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, it says, oh, and I've been going to work. For about two months, it was three days at home and two days in office for no more than two hours each day. Wow. Now we're up to three full days in office with two days from home. It's been quiet. What have you guys been up to? What have you guys been up to? <laughs> All of us have been working full-time hours. You know, yeah. none of us can work from home. Correct. We're it's the jerks that great. get shoved out there. Yeah. 
We're essential. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just glad essential. now that I don't work in retail, so I don't really come in contact with too many. Like I come in contact with the same five people every day. As long as yeah. they don't have COVID, I'm good. Yeah, we're essential, which also translates to get paid dick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not paid like we're essential. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the second email is actually just a redaction for the first email, so I'll skip to the third email. Mm-hmm. what is happening okay i'm just reading the third email this one is it's sponsor time hey brian i already sent the money you asked for in the pacific rim episode and now here's my list i made a list i checked it twice and then i questioned everything there are so many good and awesomely bad movies to choose from you like a drum roll we might. Also, you need to update your movie list on your Podbean webpage. It's missing 40 entries. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. One of you. Not it. <laughs> so no, I'll do it when, when, once I get a chance to. Okay. Cool. So here is my list in no particular order. Mom and Dad Save the World. Yes. Because it's just so dumb. Also has Budnick from Salute Your Shorts. It also stars my favorite obsessive school principal, Jeffrey Jones. Oh yeah. Oh, God. And I don't Billy Crystal. Be good, but I'm super excited about that. Oh, yeah. And at least yeah. now you and Will are on the same page li- or uh, wavelength on something. And that's Bill the one with the fucking light grenade. Yep. And Billy Crystal's on-screen brother John Lovitz. All right. <laughs> Next up, cracking the knuckles here. Stay tuned. 1992. Oh, yep. Speaking We're of Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jones. Jones. Yeah. What? <laughs> He was the scariest devil imaginable to me when this movie came out, age Still 10. Is. Well, you know, <laughs> especially for age 10, because I was literally a walking TV guy. I would read the thing cover to cover. I knew it was on all the channels at all times. As a bonus, John Ritter is a star and he gets to be a Chuck Jones cartoon. I own one of the cells of him as the mouse flying through the air oh, in the wow. donut. Oh, that's cool. I don't know if I've seen that. I don't remember it. I don't know. Oh, wow. I don't yeah. know that I've ever seen Stay Tuned. Honestly, I'm pretty sure I don't you remember have. if it's good, but it's pretty memorable. It's, yeah. it may, uh, may have been a well, curious, we'll may have been a curious rental way back when. Yeah, yeah I know uh, we definitely rented that as kids. You probably didn't remember it and just haven't seen it since. But could be all right. Uh, <clears throat> next up, Goon, 2011. Oh, I wow. like the movie. Sean William Scott movie. Yeah, the best, the yeah. best movie, like the movie ever made about the best sport ever. Hockey. Sean William Scott is fantastic. Great movie that really captures the spirit of the game. Not the fights, but the reasons for the fights. You're my teammate. He hits you. I hit him harder. Sadly, like the Matrix, they never made any sequels. I'm sure it would have been awesome if they had. That's probably. They have a sequel. I know. I think that was. A, I think that was a joke. Like that's this, maybe like, the sequels are really the bad. Yeah. Yeah, like the Matrix. I yeah. I get it. Next so far. Next up, Mister Nanny, nineteen ninety three. Oh, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan when he oh, was nice. still American made good guy and not racist ass as a <laughs> nanny slash bodyguard. You got a Hulk Hogan. No, I mean, you're not going to do suburban he, commando. He he still was. He just covered it up better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now he didn't have the media movie, to find it. Suburban Commando, nineteen ninety one. I was frozen today when he was still American-made good guy and not racist ass. As an intergalactic hero, give me more. Oh, I shouldn't have had all that shrimp. That movie stars the Undertaker too. He also says that if we're feeling generous and want to give him a buy five get one free bonus, 
we can do black dynamite. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid to, but I might be getting that. I mean, that's a comedy, though, right? Also, yeah. also yeah, Suburban it's, Commando. It's, Sorry, what, Brian? No, it, it's 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 uh, ridiculous. So yeah. Like... <laughs> Rob, technically, all five of these movies he requested are comedies. Oh yeah. Just yeah. Pull those comedy. quotes at home, but. Um, also, Suburban Commando might have a dog being murdered on camera. <laughs> Real Milo and Otis. We've already, yeah, yeah, we've already done Milo and Otis, so like, well, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, he says until next time. So first of all, uh, thank you for sponsoring five friggin' episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks God a lot. Will. Like, I don't know if we'll get. You're real MVP right now. Honestly, yeah. we're gonna have to have just a straight up Will month. We will, like, yeah, like, the will two months or something like and that. And the will month will stretch to a season when Correct. we have yeah. the whole, like, <laughs> when life tramples on our dreams. Yeah. <laughs> we will probably finish up will month in the year 2003. It'll yeah. just be the willennium. Yeah, oh. will uh, God uh, damn it, Rob. <laughs> uh, yeah, Will Smith. He's a famous cuck. All right, so. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank you so much for sponsoring five dang episodes. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know if we'll get to Black Dynamite. We'll see what the cards hold, but we'll definitely have to do something special um, for for that huge, awesome donation. Uh, that's really, really cool. Um, Send an episode just to him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I mean, that's. I'm guessing that's what most of this feed is anyway. But <laughs> Sharon listens to them all too. I'm just teasing. But definitely for not the wife share. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never listen to an episode, never will. No, never will. She doesn't listen to you in person. Why would she listen to you on a podcast? Well, she doesn't listen to me because my voice is annoying. Oh, my God. Most of the stuff you say to her is just outright abuse. Yeah, I mean, there is that, but... You know. Alright, gentlemen, there are, like, bog-like conditions developing in my nethers due to the humidity... <laughs> Can we wrap this up? Guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. <laughs> if you liked what you heard, especially about Joe's bog-like situation, please consider subscribing. For our episode archive, uh, which I guess will be updated, merchandise store, and more information, check out our website at 4ampodcast.podbean.com. You can contact us contact us by following us on Twitter or Facebook at 4ampodcast, or you can email us at the 4am podcast at gmail.com do what will did and sponsor an episode 20 bucks via paypal will get you that whatever movie you choose and if you want to help support what we do on a monthly basis you can consider becoming a patreon member at patreon.com slash 4am podcast we have special stuff for patrons only more of our rambling nonsense but in the meantime we want to thank you again for listening you guys are the best anything else gentlemen that's about it. I mean, you know, remember to be kind to everyone. This, this time right now sucks for, every, for a lot of people to so just, like, you know, be kind, wear your masks, all that kind of stuff. You know, think about others, all that good shit. One more PSA. When you go to um, find the thing to watch, make sure it is 1982 and not 2011. Yeah. yeah. I think we made that pretty clear. <laughs> Thank you for listening, gotta guys. Gotta say it one more time. We'll see you in the next episode. Deuces. Adios. Good night, everybody.